0: Hi, guys. It's me, Lindsay Pinchuk, host and founder of Dear Found Her. And before we get into today's episode, I have some exciting news. You've asked and I'm answering. We're taking Dear Found Her live for some much-anticipated networking events starting this fall. We'll be kicking things off where I live in Chicagoland with the goal to add more cities to our lineup in 2024. Our events will be free. You just have to be a female founder but you'll have to RSVP. So make sure you get on our list so that you are the first to know when registration goes live. Space is limited. The links in the show notes. I can't wait to meet you. Dear Founder, as you know, there's no blueprint for entrepreneurship. You wear so many hats, you burn the midnight oil, you pour your heart and soul into everything that you do. But without a doubt, the journey is worth every single second that you put into it. I'm Lindsay Pinchuk, host of the Dear Found Her podcast. I say this because I've lived it for over a decade. I started my first company with $500 in my pocket and a baby in my belly. I grew it and I sold it all. This podcast is my weekly letter to you. We'll talk all things starting, growing, nurturing, and in some cases, even selling a business. Together with some of my closest contacts, I'm here to help you find your own success, whatever that means to you the ride as a founder is the ride of your life. So come on in and enjoy me for another episode that will get you one step closer to reaching your own founder goals. Welcome back to another episode of Dear Founder. I hope that you liked last week's Founder Files two-part episode 31 ways to ignite your brand. I hope that you were able to take away some of those tips if not all of those tips and start applying them to your brand growth strategy today. They are simple and easy, yet very effective, especially when you use them together. And today we're gonna continue that conversation with one of my favorite topics, partnership marketing. Again, we're gonna have another two-part episode because there is just so much to discuss when it comes to partnerships. But before we get into today's episode, I wanna say hi, I'm your host, Lindsay Pinchuk. And for those of you who are new around here, I've been building brands for nearly 25 years and i started my own company back in 2010 with just a $500 investment i grew that invest i grew that business to reach 3 million users per month across multiple platforms and generate seven figures in revenue for 6 years straight i didn't have a marketing budget and i started my community from scratch largely built upon partnerships i built this company through practical cost-effective organic marketing strategies I started this company in 2010 before social media was even a thing and I grew it alongside the boom of social media learning everything as I went along and applying everything to all of my marketing tactics. This was all before I led my company's act- acquisition to a large agency holding company in 2019. 2 years later I exited with one goal to support other female founders and business women through their own entrepreneurship journeys. So if today's episode strikes a chord with you, it would mean the world to me if you could share it and let me know. Please also make sure that you leave a rating or review. Simply click the link in my show notes, http colon slash slash www.ratethispodcast.com forward slash dear found her. And you can leave a rating or review wherever it is that you podcast. When you do, that is how other people find Dear Found Her and all of the incredible stories and women that we share here each and every week. So when you support Dear Found Her, you are supporting every single person that is on this show and their business. I want to thank you for all of that. So today I'm sharing the exact strategy that I took when I built my first company and then the one that I applied from day one of building my second and that is borrowing other people's communities or partnership marketing and when I started Bump Club and Beyond my first company truthfully I didn't realize that is what I was doing now as we went along I obviously knew what worked I saw what worked but when I was able to apply all of that to my 2.0 my 2.0 has grown and happened much faster. Than my first company, if that makes sense. From day one with both companies, I had a zero dollar marketing budget. But when you tap into the power of partnerships, great things happen. And usually when they happen, they lead to more things happening and eventually bigger things happening. And that has been the case for both of these opportunities or both of these companies that I've built. I bootstrapped my first company, like I said, from $500 to seven figures year over year for six years. And the community I built reached over 3 million users. When I looked back upon how this happened, I ended up being able to coin my method. So my signature method is called Sweep, and it utilizes social media, your website, emails, events, partnerships, and publicity to generate and execute cost-effective community-centric marketing strategies. You can build, grow, and scale a seven-figure brand with a budget of practically nothing built upon the foundation of collaborative partnerships. So today I'm going to share with you how this worked with my own companies, and I'm also going to share some best practices for doing so. And then tomorrow I am going to flat out share 30 plus simple ideas for partnering with other entities to build your brand. Your mind will be blown by how simple of how simple yet effective all of these ideas are. And they are so easy to put in place if you just take the time to sit down and do it. I think that sharing with you how this worked and how I applied partnerships to my own businesses will be very helpful in generating ideas for your own business, which is why I want to start here today. So when I started Bump Club and Beyond, my company was at first an events-based company. All right? So that was what we hosted first. At the time, I was seeking my own community. I was pregnant. And so I started hosting events to meet other people. And, you know, like I said, this was an events-based company for expectant parents, and then eventually parents. We hosted events with retailers, fitness studios, children's play spaces, and more. So the actual spaces that we were hosting the events were partners of ours. There was no money exchanged, at least at first. Eventually that changed, but at least at first while we were getting things off the ground and when I was just getting started, each of the entities that we co-hosted events in their spaces promoted me to their community and I promoted them and brought people to the events through mine. So ultimately this is where it all began. And I want to point this out because even if you partner with some with another entity and maybe you have far less of a social following than they do or maybe they have far less of a social following than you do. Don't look at the vanity numbers, okay? You have to look at partnership marketing for the long haul and what could happen over time. Is there some risk, especially if you're just starting or your partner, the person, the entity that you're partnering with is still is first starting? Sure, there could be risk. But I want to share with you that when I first started Bump Club, yeah, I didn't have as big of a following as the daily method or golf. Galt, um, baby, which was a retailer or, um, belly dance maternity. But what I did have was hustle and hard work. And I put on a kick-ass event in all of their spaces and they saw that. And guess what? Over time, Bump Club and Beyond grew far bigger than any of those entities. We were a national company, a national nationally recognized brand. Yet we always worked with and supported those loyal partners from the beginning. So even if someone is just starting out, if their mission and their mantra and their hustle makes sense for you, why not work with them? There is nothing that makes me more insane than when I'm working with a client and I reach out to a possible partner and the possible partner, you know, maybe has 50,000 followers and my client has 15 and they say, no, you know, we're not so into their social media that's 15,000 followers that that bigger entity probably has never been in front of before. And if you share an audience, and we're going to get into this in a minute, if you share a community or an audience with another entity, try to find a way to partner with them. It's free advertising for you and for them. Okay. So that's kind of, I just went on a little bit of a tangent, but in any event, when I started Bump Club and Beyond, we were events. Okay. And all of our Um, co-hosts and partners, they promoted us and I promoted them. So what ended up happening after was we started hosting these events and then we started offering promotional opportunities at the events for brands in the form of raffle prizes and giveaways and the opportunity to sample in gift bags. So this was a great opportunity for brands who wanted to get in front of expectant moms We had 50 at our first event, 75 at our second, and then upwards of 100 there on out. And we were promoting products that expectant parents and eventually new parents would use. And so we didn't charge at first for any of this. And we started putting products in our gift bags. We started doing raffles. And we started including the logos of these supporting brands on the invitation. So we would put the logos of the brands on the invitation. And then we would talk about them on social media and tag them at the time. It was just Facebook. And in exchange, we would ask that they shared about the event too. And they let people in their communities know that there was this awesome event that they were a part of going on in Chicago. So it it was a win-win for all of us. Eventually we started bringing in speakers. So that was another partnership opportunity. We started bringing in experts in the parenting space. We had sleep experts and breastfeeding experts and nutrition experts and pediatricians and childcare experts. Those speakers, when they were speaking at our events, also started sharing about our events to their own communities. Now, back in the beginning, we didn't pay our speakers. Within two months, we were paying our speakers their hourly rate or whatever it was that we negotiated with them. But they were providing our content and they were sharing us and our content with their community. And so I only felt it was right that we paid them as soon as we were able to. So both the brands and the speakers shared what we were doing and what they were a part of, you know, with Bump Club and beyond in their own communities. And what ended up happening was other brands eventually took note and they wanted in too. And so we started receiving inbound um, requests for, from brands who wanted to be a part of these events that we were putting on. And at first it was like one a month and very quickly it turned into two a month. And then very quickly it turned into more than that. So eventually these brands started asking for bigger activations and they started to pay us. So it's really important to note that because we had to prove our concept first and we did. We proved our concept through the first handful of events that we put on. But actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I want to say our fourth or fifth event had our first paid sponsor. And once the brand saw that their community that they wanted to reach was coming to our events, they were like, what can we do that's bigger and better? And so that's what I meant in the beginning when I said partnerships lead to bigger opportunities and bigger opportunities lead to either even bigger opportunities. You know, ultimately what ended up happening with all of these opportunities was we were working with so many brands and the brands were sharing that big retailers like Target and Nordstrom started taking note, and that's how we were approached by those two entities. And you hear me talk about Target and Nordstrom a lot. Those Companies approached Bump Club. Bump Club didn't approach them. They approached us because they saw what was going on and they saw that the brands we were working with and they saw the community who was engaging with our brands and the brands that we worked with. So, And they wanted in on that too. So I digress for a second, but no matter how much we grew or who we worked with, collaborative partnerships where no dollars were exchanged always played a role in our marketing strategy. Always. Even when we were hosting very large events on a national scale, we often would have large national brands that would buy into all of our events, you know, or 5, 10, 15 of our events. But what we did was we would allot a certain number of tables or exhibition space in each city where we were hosting events to be utilized by local companies who reached expectant parents. In exchange for those tables, we asked that they shared the event with their database, with their social media, with other partners of theirs. And what ended up happening was that's what really helped to draw attendance in these markets outside of Chicago was our partnerships, our trade partnerships with local brands. So you see, sometimes exchanging a dollar amount it's more it's worth it sorry sometimes it is more worth it to do a trade than it is to exchange a dollar amount because when you think about these small local companies that were exhibiting at bump club events in various cities across the country they couldn't afford to pay more than a few hundred dollars but by them sharing our event with their database of expectant parents that was driving attendance and ticket sales of our events that I couldn't have gotten elsewhere. So it was a it was better than Facebook advertising. So you have to really look at the opportunity holistically. Hi guys, it's me, Lindsay. So many of you reach out and ask me how you can work with me and how I can support your business. So I figured I'd simply tell you right here. Since leaving the company I founded and sold, I've helped dozens of companies, big and small, build their organic marketing strategies through my signature method, Sweep. Sweep utilizes social media, your website, emails, events, partnerships, and publicity to generate and execute cost-effective, community-centric marketing strategies to ignite your brand. Big companies hire my do-it-for-you services where I build your strategy and work with your team to implement it or find you the right resources to do so. I also offer limited do-it-with-you services where I guide you along the process of doing it yourself. You can also bring me into your company for a keynote address or a workshop to help your team level up and ignite your brand. If you're looking for that added layer of guidance, please reach out. There's a link in my show notes. Book a call with me and let's see how we can work together. I can't wait to meet you and to learn about your business. Now, back to the show. So other ways that we partnered collaboratively with brands when I was at Bump Club. So this maybe isn't, quote, a partnership, but it we would often include brands that we partnered with in this Um, execution, we did blog posts with product roundups, So we would be like top 10 sleep items, top 10 items you need in your diaper bag, that kind of stuff. And we would share products that that fell within the category. We would share it on social media. We would tag um, any of the brands that we shared. And it was just kind of an added bonus. But ultimately what happened was those brands or anyone we included would turn around and share Bump Club and Beyond, and our piece of content with their community, thus driving more eyeballs to our community. We also did profiles and interviews of moms in our community, celebrities and influencers as well. And when we would profile them, they all shared. Um, We invited influential guests to our events. So we never paid for influencers to come to our events, but if someone was pregnant and they were influential, we would often extend an invitation. I would say Over 75% of the time, they accepted, they would come, they loved the events and they would share them on their own. And that was something that I wanted versus me paying an influencer. I wanted people naturally to fall in love with Bump Club and to share it. We also shared content on our social media from other accounts that we loved, including mom communities and experts and baby brands. And we would, of course, tag them and then they would tag us and reshare it. We did TV segments featuring brands. So, Um, At first, these were totally editorial and as the landscape changed, they became pay to play where the brands would pay me as a spokesperson. They would each pay me anywhere from $500 to $1,000, pay the company and I would go on air and I would talk about their products and the brands loved that because then they had TV exposure, but there were definitely times when we did not do pay to play and that was very valuable to both the brands and to Bump Club. We did a lot of co-branded giveaways where we would um, give away event tickets in conjunction with maybe a stroller or a car seat or whatever it was. And ultimately, that brand always shared. We did a lot of email swaps. Um, so these collaborations were free. Like I said, there were no there was no money exchanged. And eventually, my first company reached 3 million people per month, largely due to these strategic collaborative partnerships. They didn't cost either entity, so us or the partner, a dime other than time and product. Yet everyone gained. And it's really important to get into the habit of thinking of how you can work with other people, brands, companies, and how you can take your content off social media and think about connecting with them and with with people in every way possible through partnerships. So now in my 2.0 I am back to the basics of building my second company. And, you know, I have two entities, right? I have Lindsey Pinchuk Marketing and Consulting, which is my revenue-driving company that that's I have clients, both coaching and consulting clients, and I host classes through Lindsey Pinchuk Marketing and Consulting. My biggest marketing vehicle has proved to be my podcast, this podcast that you're listening to right now. Now, when I started this podcast, that wasn't I knew it would be part of my marketing mix, but it wasn't really, I I didn't realize it was going to be the biggest part of my marketing mix. However, you know, I didn't, I didn't start with events like I did the first time, right? Like, but I have started with collaborative partnerships since day one here in my 2.0. So if you look at what I'm doing today, you can see all of the amazing ways I'm continuing to borrow other communities in order to build Lindsay Pinchuk Marketing Marketing and Consulting and Dear Found Her. So like I said, collaborative partnerships have played a role from the beginning. So here is how I continue to borrow other communities right here, right now. So number one is my podcast. When I started this podcast, Dear Found Her, It was really and truly to to share an interview or to share another female founder every single week, which I do. These solo episodes kind of came about after the fact, but that in, in, in and of itself is a huge partnership. On day one of this podcast, I dropped four episodes, one with Dana Gordon from Dana Rebecca Designs, one with Rachel Rochelle from 3PR, One with Jenny LaFleur, who is Mama Fresh Shy, and one with Jenny LaFleur LaFleur interviewing me, sharing my founder story. So those four episodes dropped on the first day of this podcast. All four of them shared. And what happened was a lot of people listened, and then a lot of people also started pitching to get on this podcast. So it, it right away was driving people to the podcast for multiple reasons, right? So this podcast like i said is a giant example of of way of a way that you can partner especially if you have a podcast and you bring guests on you know you also are creating so much content like i have hours and hours and hours of content that i can turn into youtube shorts tiktoks instagram reels just from my interviews right here on this podcast so The second thing that I did right off the bat, especially when I when I started the podcast, was I did a podcast tour. I I actually I did hire a publicist for that. And now I do it on my own whenever I get a chance, but I went on other people's podcasts. So I did a a very large amount of them in a concentrated period of time. And that too is a way to borrow a community. When you if you don't have a podcast, especially and you want to get into the podcasting space, you need to pitch yourself to go on other people's podcasts and I've shared a lot about this on Instagram in the recent in the recent weeks and I will likely be sharing more about it here but here soon but when you go on other people's podcasts what happens is people who listen to podcasts are dialed into the host they're dialed into what they say and they want to listen to what what they have going on so if you're a guest on someone's podcast you are ultimately getting the approval of the host to share your story, your information, your knowledge, your wisdom with their community. They're, they're giving you their community to borrow and to reach out to and to promote yourself to. You also get so much content through being on a podcast, and it also drives authority, right? If someone invites you to be on their show, to share your business, to share your personal brand, to share your story, whatever it is, they, they are giving you their stamp of approval. So going on other people's podcasts is a great way that I kicked this off over here. I also started sharing founders and stories on my social media. So um, I can't interview everyone on the podcast. So if you are listening to this, you want to go to www.dearfounder.com. There's a link right at the top. You can share your story and eventually it will go up on my website on dearfounder.com and our social media. So I that really came from the fact that so many people were pitching me to be on the podcast. I wanted to support as many founders as possible, and I wanted to share their stories and use their content. It felt aligned with the DNA of this brand. And so that was another way that I was able to partner with people in my community was to share their stories. Coming up in 2024, we're going to be sharing more video stories. I'm going to do more video interviews with them, more lives with them, etc., um, we also have been profiling female founders on our social media and our website. Um, you know, not just not just sharing stories that are submitted to us, but if we see something in the news or whatnot, we will share the information on our website. Here on Dear Found Her, we also use TV segments. I usually do a couple a year. I've done Mother's Day and holiday. Um, gift guides that are from female founded brands. I have a segment coming up this fall in support of National um, Women's Small Business Month. So a a lot of really great opportunities to borrow the communities of television audiences as well. Um, Again, the gift guides I just mentioned, the gift guides are a huge, huge, huge way to partner. And tomorrow we are going to get into that. But the gift guides here at Dear Found Her are all editorial. No one pays to be in them. I do a call for pitches right around now. We're just getting started with that, and I create a piece of editorial content that features my favorite gifts from female-founded brands for the holidays. We share them all throughout, um, through between Thanksgiving and the holidays, between Thanksgiving and slash Christmas Hanukkah, and we do giveaways. And usually, the other the brands that we share, they share us too, so we get a ton of impressions from our um our gift guides and they they live on our website we put them in our emails it really gives us a ton of content and the brands know ahead of time so like they pitch to us or we let them know that they're going to be in the gift guide um we do some giveaways here as well and then coming this fall I'll be going back to my roots with Dear Founder and I'll be hosting live in person networking events I have three that I'm hosting in Chicago this fall hopefully We will get to launching more cities and more events in 2024, hopefully a city near you. But again, I didn't start with events at Dear Found Her, but I'm going back to my roots and I'm bringing that back into the mix. And I will tell you that here at Dear Found Her, I'm partnering in the Chicagoland area with female founded brands to host. So there's this element of partnership that hopefully they'll share as well when we have these events coming up and going on. Um, I hope that me explaining how I put these practices into, I hope that me explaining how I put these strategies into practice has been helpful for you because I think to see what is, what kind of went on big picture and to hear me talk about all of these things that I did, it helps to make more sense, especially when you're thinking about your own brand. And I do hope that this sparks some thoughts and creativity from you And so on that note, I want you to think about who you can partner with for meaningful collaborations and then all of the different ways that you could potentially work to do so. And yes, I'm going to give you 30 ideas or more tomorrow, but I would love for you to get those creative juices flowing. And so I want you to make two lists tonight. I want you to make a list of people you can collaborate and partner with. That's specific entities like brands, experts, um other Instagram accounts, influencers, people that make sense, people you know, and then also categories, like I have a food client, for example, in the food space who reached out to nutrition schools all across the country to pitch herself to come in and bring her workshop to this to the grad students in the nutrition schools, so there are definitely creative ways that you can reach out and that you can ask people to partner. So I want you to think about this because once you start doing this and once you start putting partnerships into place, your brand will ignite to the next level beyond belief. Okay. So it's important to get into the habit of thinking about how you can work with other people, brands, companies, and how you can, like I said, take your content off social media. So we, we talked about that a little bit before. So once you think about who you can partner with, you can start to think about how you want to partner with them, right? So once you kind of reach out to your network and you can let them know what you've got going on and continue to network as time goes on, but things will naturally fall into place. People will start hearing about what it is that you're doing. Once you start partnering with people, other partners will take note and want to partner with you. You will also start knowing what you want and what success in a partnership looks like. It's really important to remember a few things when working with others. Number one, you don't have to say yes to every partnership. Well, I do encourage you to look beyond the vanity numbers. If something doesn't feel right, you know in your gut that it's not right and you can say, you know what, at this time, it just doesn't feel right. Number two, when you want to work with someone, You really want to be clear about how, and you really want to be clear that they're getting something out of this partnership, okay? Don't tell someone that you want to collaborate with them, but you're the only one who benefits. So the other thing that you don't want to say is don't say, I would love to collab. Let's brainstorm on how. You brainstorm first and go to them with a few ideas and ways that you can both work together. You want to make sure that you're both getting something out of the arrangement. And that, which brings me to my third point, make sure you are getting something out of the partnership and that they are too. Don't let someone tell you, well, you're aligning yourself with me. So that's good enough. Maybe it is, but you need to make sure that whatever it is that you are doing isn't only benefiting someone else or that you're not doing all of the work. Okay. So, and I'm going to give you an example. We had a media partner at Bump Club for our big event called Gearpalooza. And they benefited greatly from this. They were a media partner that also started kind of being an online retailer. And they had their logo on every single event. They got millions of impressions and they really shared about us very minimally on social media. And we were not seeing conversion from them. So they were seeing, they were getting all of this exposure. They had a table at all of our events. And the promotion that we were getting in exchange was kind of shitty. And it was definitely not driving ticket sales. No one was using their code, which led me to believe that maybe they had fake followers. But I digress. And so we ended up not renewing with them. Um, It just wasn't worth it. It was more worth it for me to take that space and use it to get a sponsor because ultimately it would have been a five-figure sponsorship. And then last but not least, if it doesn't feel right, it probably isn't. And that's okay. So back to my first point, it's okay to say no. So I know I kind of was redundant on that. But so I just went through two very, applicable ways of how I used partnerships in my own businesses and in two different businesses, as well as some best practices when you're thinking about partnerships, as well as some next steps that I want you to take. So tonight, like I said, your homework is to make a list of possible entities who you can partner with. And tomorrow, we are going to talk about 30 simple ways that you can partner with other entities. There's also going to be a handout that you can get. So it's all going to be written down for you, but the podcast is going to be a little bit more rich with detail and ideas around each of these opportunities. So I want to thank you so much for listening and thank you for being here. Please stay tuned for another amazing episode of Dear Found Her part two coming your way tomorrow. And on Thursday, we have an incredible interview with a founder who sold 80% of her business for $320 million. You are going to want to tune in for this. If you haven't already, make sure that you subscribe to Dear Founder so that you never miss an episode. See you tomorrow.